Shalom to all. Today's office about comment of Nun Ches. We are starting Nun Zayin Over Beis about nine lines up from the bottom with the words Nafalagin Venenis Mishlamis Mashenenis, which is a quote from the Mishnah. And today's office sponsor Lili Nishmas Mars Merim Sarbas Biakav Moshe Her Nishama Should Have an Aliyah and Lili Nishmas Rabbi Yisviyanta Ben Rabasher Anshul His Nishama Should Have an Aliyah. Now the Mishnah told us Nafalagin Venenis if a goat fell into a garden by Enes and it benefited from Mishlamis Mashenenis, the owner only has to pay for the benefit but not for the damage caused. Now Amar Rav Rav says Benechbata this is referring to the blow that it received. In other words, when it fell into the garden, it didn't receive such a strong blow because it was cushioned by the produce there and therefore derived some benefit from this produce and that's what it has to be paid for. Ask the Gemara, does Rav mean to say that if it ended up eating from this garden that the owner would not have to pay for that benefit and only for the benefit of cushioning the blow that it received? Well, if that's true, Rav says, Rav says, we had this previously on Daf Mem that it shouldn't have eaten and over here, maybe Rav would say the same thing that the owner of the animal doesn't have to pay for what it ate because he could always say, well, it shouldn't have eaten so I don't have to pay for that and it's all part of the inus of it falling. However, Amri, they said, is that really so? Is it comparable? Let's say the Rav says over there, it shouldn't have eaten. That's the task he, where the animal itself got damaged. The owner of the fruit can say, I'm not going to pay. It shouldn't have eaten. And this is referring to the case where Ruvain put his produce to Shimon's yard and Shimon's animal ate from that produce and got damaged because it ate so much. So over there, Rav says that Ruvain Katina, your animal shouldn't have eaten so much. In regards to it damaging others, would he say that he's potter from paying? Meaning Rav wouldn't say that when a person's animal falls into somebody else's garden and eats produce over there, that the owner of the animal can taino, well, it shouldn't have eaten some potter. Of course he'd be chayev. El, rather, what's Rav trying to say? For sure, if it ate produce from the garden that it fell into, the owner would have to pay for that benefit. But if the impact was softened by this produce and the produce got ruined because of that, I might say that the owner of the produce is just considered it's like he's chasing away a lion from his friend's property. And the owner of the animal doesn't even have to pay for that benefit that it received. The chedesh is that he does have to pay. Now, what's this idea of Mavri Chari? Such that you're standing near a friend's animal and you notice a lion approaching, wanting to eat it for breakfast. So you jump up and wave your stick and shout and yell, and because of that, the lion runs away. So you can't demand payment from your friend. You're Mavri Chari. You're just chasing away the lion. So chedesh over here is that that would be our Havamina. Then when Ruven's goat falls into Shimon's produce and the blow is softened because of that, Shimon's just nice enough to provide a service, like chasing away a lion, he's preventing the animal from getting damaged, and Shimon would not get paid for that. Kamashmon, the chiddush is that he does get paid for that. Ask Gemara Be'ema Hachinami, maybe we should say that is so, meaning that Shimon should not get paid for that. So the answer is that no, there's two different reasons why it's different. When a person chases a lion away from his friends, he's doing that midas. It's his own decision to chase the lion away. Hi, love midaitoi. But over here, when the goat falls into Shimon's produce, it's not his das. He didn't do that willingly. Alternatively, when a person chases away a lion from his friends, he doesn't suffer a loss because of that. Hi, it's like Pseido. But this guy, Shimon, he suffered a loss because his produce was ruined, and that's why Reuven would have to pay for that. Now the Gemara asks, Hechinafal, how did this goat fall in the first place? So Rav Kana, Rav Kana says, it slipped on its own meiraglaim, on its own urine. Whereas Rav Amarava says, that its fellow goat pushed it. According to Rava, that its fellow goat pushed it, he would say, for sure, if it slipped on its own meiraglaim, that's considered an oinus. However, according to Rav Kahana, that the oinus is that it slipped on its own mayor Glyam, it's only in that case that Hanna is paid for. But if its fellow goat pushed it, that's considered a pshia on the owner's part. And the owner of the animal would have to pay for the damage caused, which is more than the Hanna. Because the owner of the garden can say, You should have had them go one by one as they were passing by garden. And since you had them go next to each other, you knew that it's very possible one would push the other one, and you're pshia, and that's why you have to pay me for Hezek. Now Rav Kahana kind of further qualifies and says, The only time the owner of the animal has to pay for Hanna, and 
not for Hezek, is when it ate produce from that aruga, that vegetable patch that it fell into. It fell down, it gets up, looks around, and says, hey, there's food right here, and starts munching away. So over there, he only has to pay for hana. But if it goes from one patch to another one, so then the owner of the animal has to pay for the Hezek cause. Whereas Rabbi Yechon, Rabbi Yechon says, even if it goes from one patch to another, even if it's walking around this guy's garden the whole day, munching on vegetables, the owner of the animal only has to pay for hana, not for Hezek. Until it goes out of the garden and comes back in with the owner's knowledge. Then that's considered a pshia, it's not an oinus anymore, and the owner of the animal would have to pay for a hezek. Now, Amr Papa, if Papa qualifies what Rabbi Yechanan said, it doesn't have to be the animal left with its owner's knowledge and then went back in with its owner's knowledge. Once the animal went out with the owner's knowledge, even if it went back into this vegetable garden without the owner's knowledge, still the owner would have to pay for hezek. My time, why is that? Because the owner of the garden can tell him, since it learned that there's good food in this garden, call Amos to Mishamta, anytime it's going to slip away from you, it's going to run over there. So you should know that your animal wants to run into my garden to eat my crunchy cucumbers. And therefore, you should have watched it extra. And therefore, even though you didn't know that it came back in, you're still chai for Hezek. I continue to explain the mission that we said, you're the Kedarka. If the animal went in like regular, it didn't fall in, and it damaged, so the owner of the animal has to pay for the Hezek, which is more than just Hana. Now, by Rabbi Yirmiya, Rabbi Yirmiya asked the following question, you're the Kedarka, let's say it went to the garden like regular, but the damage that it caused was not that it ate, is that it gave birth to a baby animal there, and the meleda, all the waters and liquids that come out when it's giving birth, that damaged the produce. How do we view that? According to the Amar, then when something starts out as a pshia, but ends off as an oinus, like in this case, the owner's chayiv, so there's no question. Obviously, it's chayiv. What's all question? According to the Amar, then when something starts out as a pshia, since it ends off in an oinus, the person's potter, my, how would we view this case? Me, Amrina, do we say, since over here the beginning was a pshia because it went into the garden like normal, but it ended off with an oinus because it damaged with the meleda, so the owner of the animal's potter. I don't know, perhaps. Maybe over here the entire thing is considered a pshia. Why is that? Since the owner of the animal saw that its animal is about to give birth, he should have guarded it extra, and should have been extra watchful over it. And by the fact that he didn't do that, maybe that's considered a pshia. And the Gemara concludes, Teku, let the question stand, and we're going to wait for Elio and Navi to come and answer it. And the Gemara continues to explain the mission that we said, how is it that Hezek is paid for? And we explained that he doesn't have to pay for the market value of those vegetables themselves, because that's very expensive. Rather, what we do is we evaluate these vegetables based off of them growing in a field the size of a base saw, and we say how much was this base saw worth beforehand versus afterwards, and that's the cost, which is much lower. So first, the Gemara asks Manon Emili, how do we know this? So Rav Masno Damakra, because the Pasuk tells us, and it consumed in somebody else's field. Now, what does this teach us? This tells us that we evaluate the Hezek based off of another field, meaning we don't evaluate the cost of the vegetables themselves, rather based off of the field of a base saw that they're found in, like we explained in the Meshna. Ask the Gemara, how can you say that? The Pasuk of Ubir B'Steacher is telling us that damages of Shane and Regel are not Chayv and Rosh Rabim. So Gemara answers, no. If that's all the Pasuk was teaching us, it should have said Ubir B'Steacher, or it should have said Ubir Sadeacher, my Bis Sadeacher. Why does it have this extra base? The answer is, Shamal Gav Sadeacher, to teach us that we evaluate the cost of damages based off of a larger field. Ask Gemara, well, if that's so, maybe that's what the entire Pasuk is coming to teach us, and we actually can't use the Pasuk to tell us the Shane Regal are Patron of Shusarabim, Lafugur Shusarabim and Olan. How do we know that Shane Regal are Patron of Shusarabim? Sigmar answers, Mkane, if that's so, so Lichri Rahman Gavitash Lumen, in regards to how much a person has to pay, the Pasuk should say, Metav Sudeo, Metav Karmi Shalim, Bisde Acher. Lomali, the Kazra Rahman Gabi Ubier. Why does the Pasuk use these words, Bisde Acher, in regards to the Pasuk of Ubier, not 
regards to Tashlumen, Shmamin Atarti, we learned both from here. Nathakmar asks, Hechishaminon, how do we evaluate this base saw itself? Again, we're evaluating the Hezek based off of how much these vegetables are worth in a patch that's a base saw. But how much does a base saw cost? And the reason why we're asking this is because we can't evaluate based off of a simple base saw being sold by itself. And that's because a piece of land the size of a base saw is very expensive. It's a pricey piece of property because most people buy larger fields and the only ones who are going to buy a small one are a neum, poor people who don't have much money. But they have to pay a premium for this because this is a rare to find small piece of property. And if we're going to evaluate based off of just a base saw, then the mazik is going to lose out on a lot because it's going to turn out the damage is very expensive. So therefore the Gemara says, Omar Vyas Rukhanina tells us, Sa'a Bishishim Sayin. We evaluate the cost of a base saw based off of how much this base saw would be in the land which is the size of 60 saw. Let's say a piece of land that's 60 base saw costs $600. So that means that one base saw costs $10. And that's a cheaper valuation than if we were to evaluate a base saw by itself, which would, let's say, cost $15 or $20. And that's how we make this cheshbin of a base saw. Now, Rabbiani Omar Rabbiani argues, he says, Tarkov Bishishim Tarkovim is really a cheshbin of a Tarkov in 60 Tarkovim, which is half the amount because a Tarkov is half of a saw. Whereas Chizki Omar Chizki says, Kalach Bishishim Klachim, it's a totally different cheshbin. It's still based off of 60, but it's one stock based off of 60 stocks. Meaning if this animal ate one stock, we're going to evaluate how much that stock would cost in a bundle of 60 stocks, and that would be the cost. But now the Gemara asks on this whole concept of 60. May say we have a breast that says as follows, the animal ate a kav or two kav, we don't say that we pay for the value of what it ate, rather we view it as if it was a small vegetable patch, we evaluate it. Now the question is, doesn't mean that we evaluate this vegetable patch by itself? and not based off of the larger amount of 60. So Gemara says, We evaluate it based off of a larger amount of 60, meaning how much this would be worth vis-a-vis 60 of its size, and that's the total cost that's paid. So no question. And then we're going to continue with we have a bryce, which is very cryptic. We're not going to evaluate a kav, because that's going to be mashbiach him. And v'loy base core, we're not going to evaluate a base core, because that's going to be not good for him. Now, Michael Amr, what's the bryce saying? So Rav Papa, Rav Papa says, this is what the bryce is saying. If the animal ate a kav, we're the produce, we don't evaluate that based off of 60 kav, because that's a benefit for the mazik. A kav vis-a-vis 60 kav is really so little, the mazik wouldn't have to pay so much. And also, if the animal ate a kur's worth of produce, we're not going to evaluate that vis-a-vis 60 kur, because that's not good for the mazik. 60 kur is such a huge piece of property, only very wealthy people can buy it, and has a high price tag to it, and therefore this would be a lot of money for the mazik to have to pay. Now, for Moscow, Rav Huna Baramanoich asks on Rav Papa's explanation of this I saw high veloy base core veloy core me by lay instead of the brass of saying veloy base core it should say veloy core. Why is that? Because if you go back to the Brasa, you realize it's inconsistent. The beginning of the Brasa says, and Kav is referring to the amount of produce that it ate, not referring to the size of land. But then it says, which is referring to the size of a piece of land, not to the amount that it actually ate. So the Brasa itself is inconsistent. How could you explain it like you did, Rav Hapa? This is what the Brasa is saying. We're not going to evaluate the Kav of vegetables that the animal ate by itself, because that's going to be a big benefit for the Nizik, he's going to be getting paid a lot of money. Veloy kav be base core, and we're also not going to evaluate this kav that it ate vis-a-vis a base core of land, because that's not going to be good for the Nizik, he's going to be receiving very little money. Rather, we evaluate everything based off of 60 times the amount that it ate. And a similar discussion based off of a story of who got the kos kashma mechavri, there was a fellow who cut a palm tree of his friend down. Also, he came to the shkaluso, 
the Reish Galusa told him, I saw that palm tree, and there was actually three of them in a row, and all three of them together were worth 100 zoz. Go pay him 33 and a third, because you cut down one of those three trees, and since all three of those trees together are worth 100, so you have to pay him a third of 100. So Amr the Mazik said, What do I need to go to the Reish Galusa for, who judges according to the Persian way? The Reish Galusa was the official head of the Yadin, but he went based off of the Persian laws, and his fellow saying, I'm not interested in going based off the Persian laws, I want to go based off the Torah laws. So also Commander of Nachman, he came to Rav Nachman, Amr later of Nachman told him, Bishishem, you have to pay for this palm tree vis-a-vis how much it's worth in a field of 60 palm trees. However, Amr later Rava, Rava told Rav Nachman, Im Amr Beniske Mimaynai, Yarm Beniske Gufai, if they said this in regards to his mom and his damaging, meaning in regards to his animal eating a vegetable patch, did they say this in regards to when he himself damaged? Over here we're referring to where the fellow himself cut down a palm tree. Why would he pay based off of the same evaluation as if his animal did the damage? There should definitely be a different evaluation. However, Amr Abayel Rava, now Abayel comes in and he tells Rava, So what do you hold when he himself damages? Do you hold like the following Brisa? The Tanya says in the Brisa, If a person ruins the vineyard of his friend when it's still in the Smadar stage, which means it just started budding, we see how much it was worth before the damage, and see how much it's worth after the damage, and the Brisa doesn't say that we evaluate it based off of 60. So are you Rava coming from this Brisa? That we see very clearly that when a person damages Biodayim, the payment is not based off of 60. Well, that can be the real explanation of the Brisa. Well, in regards to a person's animal damaging, don't we have a very similar Brisa? To Tanya, the Brisa says as follows, Let's say a person's animal ruined a sapling, a young tree. So Rav Yassi that those who made Gzeris in Yushalayim, they said, that if this sapling, this young tree, was a year old, he has to pay a minimum of two chasef. If it was two years old, he has to pay a minimum of four chasef. And let's say, it ate young grain, meaning before it ripened. Rabbi Yassi says, we evaluate it based off of the remainder, meaning once the remaining grain that wasn't eaten fully ripens, we evaluate how much the grain that was eaten would have been worth now when it's fully ripened, and that's the cost that's paid. Whereas we evaluate it how much it was worth and how much it is worth now, and that difference is how much is paid. The Brasa continues, let's say he ate small button grapes, so they're ready in the next stage. Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Shua says, we view them as if they were grapes ready to be picked, meaning they were fully ripened. Whereas once again, we see how much it was worth beforehand and how much it's worth afterwards. Whereas That's only if it ate shoots of vines or shoots of fig trees. But if it ate pagam or baiser, which are grapes or figs that are even more ripe, so then we view them as if their grapes are ready to be harvested and therefore the payment's going to be more. Here comes a buy with this question on Rava. At any rate, what do we learn in this Brisa? The Chum said in two of the cases, we evaluate how much it was worth beforehand versus how much it was worth afterwards, and that difference is how much is paid. Now, it doesn't say the valuation is based off of 60. And this Brisa is talking about his animal doing a damage. So, what are you able to say? How do you answer for this Brisa? It has to be the Brisa means that we evaluate the difference before and afterwards based off of 60. So, so to over here in the previous Brisa, they spoke about a person doing a damage, even though it doesn't say that we evaluate based off of 60, obviously it means the valuation is based off of 60. And therefore, Rava, you don't have a source that when a person himself does damage, that the valuation is going to be different than when his animal does damage. We're going to stop here for the day, but pick up tomorrow, continue with this Bryce that we just quoted. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.